I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Ryan Gottfriedson. Ryan is a PhD. He's a cutting-edge leadership development author, researcher, and consultant. He helps organizations vertically develop their leaders primarily through a focus on mindset. Uh, Ryan's a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author of Success Mindsets, The Key to Unlocking Greater Success in Your Life, Work, and Leadership, and The Elevated Leader. Um, Ryan, I'm going to stop there on the bio because I I think I personally like kind of hearing it right directly from the guest, what their their background and story. But first, let me just say thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, as I mentioned, I'm I'm really excited about this. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No, this is great. And uh, I, I love talking to mindset junkies. So I'm sure we'll have yeah. a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's let's start there. Let's start just by hearing your background, kind of kind of where you came from. Sounds like you <laughs> spent a spent a summer in Martha's Vineyard, which is uh, as a native of Massachusetts, very cool to me, but that's probably not the most important part of your story. So let's uh, let's hear a little bit about your background. Yeah, I'm going to take you back to high school, um, my high school experience. So I I don't know if there's any other high school in the country that offered a class that my high school offered as a, as a senior. And the class was sports psychology. And I was an athlete and I just ate up the class. I loved it. I had to read books by Stephen R. Covey and I read leadership books written by basketball coaches uh, like Mike Krzyzewski, Pat Riley and Rick Majerus. I still remember these books. And I just, what I realized then was that there's a lot of people out there that have the skills to be successful, but what sets a people apart is really the mental game. And so I, I've been on a mission to dive into how do we figure out this mental game? How do we figure out a way that we can uh, develop the right psyche for us to be successful. And in the process of this, um, I've gotten a bachelor's degree. I did my PhD in organizational behavior and human resources. I, I'm now a professor at Cal State Fullerton where I primarily study leadership, but for me it's um, the things that I'm studying related to leadership is all about how do we just simply improve how we operate. And then what I found in, the, in my research is that from both the psychology and even the neuroscience perspective is the most foundational aspect about what we do is our mindsets, the mental lenses that we wear that shape how we view the world. So how we see our world will shape how we think about it, how we learn from it and how we behave in our world. But here's, I guess, let me ask you a question, Jason. You talk a lot about mindsets, but, um, if you were to ask a room full of, let's just say, 100 people, if they felt like they had positive mindsets, do you think, how many of them do you think would say, no, I don't have very good mindsets? Probably not. Probably not very many of them would say that. I think a lot of people don't know that, that, that they right? have, they don't have a positive mindset. Yeah. I don't think there's many people, to your point, would acknowledge, oh, yeah, I've got bad mindsets, right? But then another question that we could ask is, out of these 100 people, how many of these people actually know the quality of their mindsets? Right. Like, has that ever been assessed? And I don't think that there's very many people. And what I found, and that was the case for me, right? When I started to learn about mindsets, well, what mindsets are out there and what mindsets do I have? I've come to answer these questions. And one of the things that I've done is I've put together a mindset assessment that allows people to get objective data on the quality of their mindsets. And I've had over 40,000 people take this mindset assessment. And we look at these four different sets of mindsets. And what I found is that only 2.5% of people are in the top quartile for all four sets of mindsets. And what that says to me is, 
most of us, myself included, have some mindset work to do. And we just, we simply, most people just simply aren't aware. And so I'm kind of on a journey, a mission to help people to awaken to their mindsets, because once we can awaken to our mindsets, then we can do something about them. Then we can upgrade our mindsets so that we can think and operate at a higher level. Yeah. And I mean, those, those statistics, I guess, I mean, just speaking from personal experience, make a, a ton of sense to me because like now I feel I'm super fired up about this discussion. Like I really like the idea of diving into mindset and things like that. But I would tell you a few years back, I don't know that I even knew what that meant, or I, I probably would have been like, mind, like thinking of it, you know, kind of scoffing at it, it, that it's a silly thing, but like, I have realized the power of it. And I'm sure I'm still like, just scratching the surface in terms of what, you know, what you can use your mindset for. Um, and so Ryan, you're referring to mindset in a, in a plural. Um, and you said that there's four, do, can you kind of dive in on that and, and what your what those four are? Yeah, I can. And, and let me even set the stage. I'm going to tell you a little bit about a, a research study that's focused on one of these four, but it's a really fascinating research study that helps us to see how our mindsets influence us at a subconscious level. So um, in this research experiment, the researchers had individuals take a mindset assessment and they had identified those that scored low and they were in, they kind of put them in group one and then they had individuals who scored high and they put them in group two and then they gave them all the same task which was essentially an exam with eight easy questions and four difficult questions what the researchers were doing is they were setting these individuals up for failure and they wanted to see if they would respond differently depending upon their mindsets and what they found is that those in group one, those that scored low on the mindset assessment, they were rather pleased with themselves as they went through the first eight questions. But as soon as they hit the four difficult questions, they became depressed. They, they started to you know, have negative self-talk and they even stopped applying themselves. Well, those are the, the more positive mindsets when they hit those four difficult questions, they didn't get depressed at all. In fact, they started to encourage themselves. They would say things like, oh, I was hoping this would be a challenge. And they remain confident and optimistic. And so what we've got is we've got a set of people that essentially looked the same, but they're operating as if they're from completely different planets. And the the only difference is their mindsets. Um, and, and so this... And I think each of these groups, at least this is my belief, is that each of these groups were doing what they felt was best. They were responding to the situation in a way that, that felt good, that felt right to them. But clearly there's one group that's dealing with the situation much more effectively than the other. And that group that isn't dealing with it very effectively are just, they're not conscious of this. And therefore, they're not able to change or to improve. So this is a research study that helps us to see how at a foundational level, our mindset shape how we think, how we learn, and how we behave. Does that make sense to you, how I explain yeah. that? Yep, it does. So, so this particular study was focused on, I would say, the most well-known set of mindsets which is the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Um, so this is one set of mindsets popularized by the research done by Carol Dweck. In fact, uh, this the research study that I uh, kind of summarized was one of Carol Dweck's research studies, but there's others. And what, what one of the things that's been interesting is that all of these sets of mindsets have been studied for over 40 years across different academic disciplines. So education, psychology, management, and marketing. And in each of these disciplines are kind of studying their own pet mindsets. And they all exist on a continuum, like fixed on one side and growth on the other. The other sets of mindsets are closed, which is more on the negative side, open on the positive side, prevention on the negative side, promotion on the positive, and then inward is on the negative and outwards on the positive. And these are, these, while, as I'm assuming, we'll kind of talk about them in terms of being polar opposites. Um, but the reality is, is that most of us, we fall somewhere 
along this continuum. Very few of us are on the extreme negative or positive side. So we, we probably have, you know, some mixture of a little bit of both within us. But understanding what these different sets of mindsets are allows us to be more self-aware uh, of our mindsets and then empowers us, opens the door for us to be able to shift our mindsets if they're not optimal for success. Yeah. So, and you mentioned, you know, there, there's mindset assessment tests that you've, you've given. Is it, is that something you think that everybody should do kind of to, to be able to evaluate themselves? And I, I would imagine, as you sort of alluded to, in order to change your mindset or adjust it, or however, you know, it's, as you said, it, we're not black or white, we're like somewhere in the middle. But if you want to try and adjust some of the way that you look at things, you've got to, I guess, define your starting point. Is that? Yeah, exactly. So where are we at? That gives us where we currently are at now along this continuum. And now we've got clarity about, okay, what do I need to shoot for? Where am I headed? Right? So if I've got maybe, uh, you know, a moderate fixed mindset, well, okay, now I could do something about it. Now I can work on developing more uh, of a growth mindset for sure. So, and, and if anybody's interested in taking my mindset assessment, you're, it's free. It's on my website at ryangottfordson.com. Uh, it takes about seven minutes to do and you get a pretty comprehensive report associated with that. Awesome. Yeah, I, I will uh, definitely put that in the show notes, but I think that would be a, a very cool thing to have um, you know, sort of <laughs> establishing whatever your baseline is when you, so if the starting point is, is taking the assessment test and deciding kind of, kind of where you fall on that scale, what do you suggest? Now, I think as someone who, I don't know where I fall on the scale, I haven't taken the test yet, but like as someone who at least sees themselves towards the growth mindset side of that scale, are there ways that you suggest people make adjustments where, you know, kind of wherever they are on the scale, I guess, you know, like if I feel like I'm growth, but I want to be more growth or what, like, I don't know yeah. if you can be too much on that end, but um, what do you, what, what tips and tricks do you suggest people use to kind of make those adjustments? Yeah. So it's, and, and let's even dive into, if it's okay, dive into this oh, yeah. fixed and growth mindsets mm -hmm. and even let's yeah. extrapolate how the, how might this affect a real estate investor? And then, then we could uh, kind of navigate, okay, what do we do about this? So um, the, and here's another thing. I think if you were to enter, you know, have a group of a hundred people and you ask them, do you have a fixed or a growth mindset? I think almost everybody would say that they have a growth mindset. But the reality is, is this is the one that I find that most business professionals struggle with the most. Yeah. Um, and, and here's how it plays out, uh, which I think is interesting, is um, it affects the challenges that we're willing to take on. And if, if we're in investment, like, you know, it's being in the investment world is it's almost like challenge after challenge. So here, here's a, a, one way to think about it. Um, we can encounter different types of challenges. Um, so the easier challenges we would call comfort zone challenges. Um, kind of the moderate challenge we would call performance zone challenges. And, and the really difficult challenges we would call learning zone challenges. These are challenges that kind of are at a level that we haven't operated at before. Um, and, and whenever we approach any of these challenges, we're going to step into a pit of uncertainty and we're going to have this hill that we're going to have to climb. Um, and, and, you know, if it's a comfort zone challenge, that's not a very big hill. If it's a performance zone challenge, it's a moderate hill. And if it's a learning zone challenge, this is like a big hill or a mountain that we have to climb. And so what, what we've learned is that those with a fixed mindset, they love comfort zone challenges because they know they will be successful at them. And it's an easy way for them to prove their success. And that's what, when we have a fixed mindset, we always wanna look good. We always wanna be successful because if we fail at something, that means to us, that's an indication that we are a failure. Um, and so, so people with a fixed mindset, they love comfort zone challenges. When it comes to performance zone challenges, uh, kind of depends on if it's an area of strength or not. 
but they really don't like learning zone challenges. And here's why is because if they step into this pit of uncertainty and they're faced with this mountain that they have to climb, they're, they're worried that they'll be able to do it on their first attempt. And they kind of think, well, what will happen if I start to climb and I'm not able to get up and I fall down? They kind of think everybody will see me as a failure. So what research has found is that people with a fixed mindset are prone to avoid learning zone challenges. Now, people with a growth mindset, they don't really like comfort zone challenges. They're too easy. There's like no, no value in them for them. They love performance zone challenges. These are things that push them to their limits, but then they also know they could be successful at them. Um, I'm not going to say they love learning zone challenges, but they approach them differently. As they get into this pit of uncertainty, they look up at the mountain and they just simply say, hey, this is going to be difficult. I probably won't get up on my first attempt, but I know that the more I try, I will eventually get up there. And so what research finds is that it's really only those with a growth mindset that are willing to take on learning zone challenges, to push their limits, to adapt, to 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 change, you know, what we've got to realize is what has worked in the past may not get us where we want to go. And it's only those with the growth mindset that are able to adapt in that way. So I'm sure that you're familiar with people in, in we could say in any sphere, but in investment real estate, that they just kind of have their own way of doing it. It's always worked for them and they're not really able to adapt. And that would be an indication that they likely have more of a, of a fixed mindset. Um, Right. So I was just uh, even before uh, we jumped on, I was listening to your prior podcast where you're talking to an individual who who started investing in self-storage mm -hmm. and it kind of came out of nowhere. Right. And the fact that he was able to sell off his multifamily investment business and then invest in something completely different. You know, that's an indication to me of somebody who likely has a growth mindset. He's willing to let go of what's worked in the past and grab hold of something new in the future. And, and it's just what research says is that, that doing that is something people with a fixed mindset are not inclined to do. Does that make yeah. sense? Um, yeah, yeah, it makes idea. a lot of sense. Where so, does, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna get then get to your question. Okay, like if I find that I have a fixed mindset, what do I do about it? And, and uh, we could dive into depth, but at a high level, what I've learned is that it's really difficult to be great at a mindset without first becoming an expert in it. So I think the first step is just simply to learn more about it, right? Read books. There's for fixed and growth, there's Carol Dweck's books, Mindsets. Uh, my book, Success Mindsets, covers all four sets of mindsets. So, and there's a variety of other resources in my book for, for other books as well. So one is learning and mastering. But then the other part of this is we've actually got to what we've got to realize is our mindsets are literally neuro connections in our brain. So we all have a, a growth mindset neuro connection. We all have a fixed mindset neuro connection. But one of those is usually stronger than the other. And one that's stronger is the default mode by which we process information. And when we understand that and we recognize that our neural connections are a lot like our muscles, the more we use them, the stronger we become then that suggests that in addition to learning about mindsets, we also need to turn on, activate, and strengthen our positive mindset neural connections. Uh, and then we can do that for, through a variety of ways. That includes uh, reading books, watching videos, reading articles, engaging in discussion, doing journaling exercises is actually one of the ways that there's a lot of research backing on that, shifting our mindsets. Um, and so we've literally got to reprogram our mind and our body. And, and that takes repeated, consistent uh, exercises, just like working out. So that's at a high level, uh, maybe a couple of ways to think about how we go about shifting. Yeah, that's really cool. And and you you brought up, you know, kind of the um, the correlation between working out like our bodies versus working out our minds. And I it's it's interesting because as you were talking through this, that was something that kind of came into my head right off the bat was like, so if you work out, you know, specifically, maybe we'll get into the role of coaches and things like that and mentors and all this, but yeah. you know, if you're working out specifically, this is like a thing that I 
I joke about with my my trainer sometimes. It's like I go there, he makes the workout, and and it's hard every single time, right? Every it's it's never like you you never get to that point where you're like, oh good, I finally made it, right? And and I think about and sometimes I jokingly say like, is it going to be easy one of these days? Like, am I ever going to get there? Realizing that you know the goalpost is shifting, right? Like he's he's making it harder every time, and and then I think and I'm like. But if it ever feels easy, I don't like if you know what I mean, it's like at that point, I'm like, well, that's not that's not what I'm here for. Like, I'm I'm here to find the hard and like see what see get that growth from it. So you would have that same, I guess, idea in in sort of working out your mindset to to shift you towards a towards a growth mindset. Is that would is that it's probably a simplified analogy, but. No. Yeah. No, I think it's a great analogy. And I would even add to it by saying there are social norms around physically working out. Like I feel like we are socially encouraged to exercise our muscles and to become more fit, stronger, in better shape. Um, There aren't the same social norms around exercising our minds. Right. And, and and I think that that holds a lot of people back from doing mindset exercises. In fact, let me give you a personal example that that helped me shift one of my sets of mindsets pretty significantly. So the set of mindset that I, I, I didn't realize it until right around this time that this this experience happened. But for most of my adult life, I had a prevention mindset. I was more focused on avoiding problems than reaching goals or fulfilling a purpose. Like kind of the way that I woke up every day was how do I get through today in the easiest way? All right. That was just kind of my mentality. I never wanted to take risks. I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. Like these were all a part of, of my mindset. And, um, I was doing some work, uh, associated with the university and I was connecting with some business leaders in the community and there's a CEO we went and met with him and he hands me I'll show you this book he hands me this book it's called the five minute journal and he hands it to me and he says this book will change your life and outwardly I'm very gracious like oh I love books this is awesome I can't wait to check it out but inwardly I'm thinking who the hell do you think I am? Like, there is no way that I am going to journal. Like my mom was a journaler and it kind of, I don't know, for whatever reason, had the bad reputation in my mind. Like there's no way I'm going to journal. So I get home and I literally went to throw the book in the trash. And I had one of those moments. It's like, like, it's almost like Yoda on Luke Skywalker's like shoulder. But in in my mind's eye, it was the CEO. And he's saying to me, this book will change your life. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, and so what I told myself is, I'm gonna give this two weeks and if it makes a difference, awesome, I'll keep doing it. If it doesn't, I'm tossing it in the trash. And so so I opened it up and what it invites me to do is every morning, and it's got a, a great kind of inspirational quote, then it's got a few questions. The first question is, what are three things I'm grateful for? Second one is, what are three things that would make today great? And the third one is uh, essentially an invitation to fill in some self-affirmations. And then, th- then at the end of the day, it's what are three amazing things that happened today and how could I have made today even better? And, and I started doing this and what I didn't realize at the time, but what this was doing for me was activating and stimulating my promotion mindset neural connections. Every day I'm asking myself, what would make today great? What are three amazing things that happened today? How could I have made today even better? Like those are all promotion mindset activations. And over over the course of two weeks, I was like, I feel like I'm a different person. And after I did this for a little bit, because I shifted from a prevention to a promotion mindset, I then became willing to do things I never would have done otherwise. So some of the things that I decided to do was, well, I want to write a book. Okay, well, in order to write a book, I learned that it's really beneficial for me to start a business. Okay, well, I'm going to start a business. Well, in order to start my business, I need to take out some loans 
to finance some of the things that I wanted to create. Right. I started to do things, like I said, I never before this, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never wanted to go into debt because that was my prevention mindset talking. But with more of a promotion mindset, it's man, these are things that I have to do in order to live out my goals and my purpose. And, yeah. and I really credit this book, the five minute journal, uh, for helping me. I don't think it I don't expect it to help everybody in the same way it helped me, um, but I think it could help many people in, in, in that same way. So that's an example of, uh, you know, the type of effort that we might need to go through to shift our mindsets, to operate at a higher level. I love it. I wrote it down. I'm like, I need a five minute journal. Um, <laughs> wh- where do you, I'll ask this because it's something that I've, I feel like I've become pretty aware of in myself, but where do limiting beliefs fit in here? Or, or do you, do you just, put those in, you know, sort of one of those categories or how, how do you um, tie that in? Cause I, I, I would say for me, frankly, I probably a few years back didn't, I don't know that I'd ever even heard that term or would have known exactly what it meant. Then I realized that I have them. And then it was kind of like, okay, how do I, how do my work, how do I work my way through and sort of uh, sort of fight, <laughs> fight yeah. those limiting beliefs that come up here and there. And I think when you're talking through, the part about, you know, starting a business, writing a book, taking the loans out. And it's like one in, in, in relating that to real estate, it's like, I think a lot of people um, do have a hard time taking that first step, whether it's as an active or a passive real estate investor, like just because guess what? It takes some money, right? You gotta, you gotta put some money in there. You've worked hard for that money. It takes some money or it takes, if, if you're not going to have money, it's going to take a lot of work. And so there's some commitment there. But what I do find is it's like, it's almost like, like you said, exercising that muscle is like when people do it myself, now I'm like, just obsessed with it. It's like, I want, <laughs> I want to get as much invested because now I do see what that's going to do for my bigger visions, my bigger goals. And so, but I, but I think that what held me back for a long time and what I do think probably impacts a lot of people is limiting beliefs. And and so I guess that's, that's how I'm, I'm tying that question to this and, and wanted to get your take on it. Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. And here's the way I'd answer it. Our mindsets are usually what drive our limiting beliefs. Okay. And, and in my mind, there's, there's not, they the idea of limiting beliefs and fears coincide. When we have a limiting belief, we're also holding a fear that's mm-hmm. going on there. So let me give you a couple of examples. Um, it is not uncommon for me in the coaching that I do with business leaders for somebody to tell me that one of the things that they struggle with is they they have a tendency to micromanage. Well, as we dive into this, well, why do you micromanage? Well, it's because I'm afraid if I don't have my hands in everything, things will go to shit. Like things will, you know, fall apart. Things won't go well. So ultimately what he's got is he's got a, this, this leader, man or woman, it's got a fear that things will go to pot if they don't get their hands in everything. But then also what they've got is they've got a commitment that's on the flip side of that fear, which is I'm committed to things going well. And that commitment is a good commitment, but it's also what's fueling them to micromanage. And underneath this is they're carrying the limiting belief that would be the case in this instance, is the limiting belief is an assumption. If I don't step in and help or do it, it won't get done right. And that may feel valid to somebody that may feel accurate, but what we've also got to ask is, is that 100% true? And the reality is, is that it's not 100% true. It may be even 90% true, but it's not 100% true. And so in order to bust through our limiting beliefs, one of the things that's helpful to do is, one, expose what that limiting belief is, but then two is push against it, right? We've got to test out this limiting belief. That's part of the neural rewiring that needs to occur. So let me give you another example that deals with my daughter that that I think will make sense. So my daughter came to me a few years ago and she said she wanted to learn how to ice skate. I was like, uh, and she wanted to take ice skating lessons. I was like, 
before I sign you up for lessons, let's go to the ice skating rink. Let's try it out. Let's see if you even like it. So she had never been before. I lace up her skates and she's kind of like wobbling over to the ice. And I, I kind of set her on the ice. And as soon as I set her on her, her skate kind of slips a little bit and she grabs the wall and she's like, Oh my, and you could see her eyes get really big. And what ended up happening is for the next hour and a half, she would not let go of that wall. Right. She's just like shuffling along the edge of the wall, just holding tight. And and I don't think we got around the rink twice in that hour and a half. I mean, it was just really slow going. So in this instance, my daughter is carrying around some limiting beliefs. Right. So a couple of the limiting beliefs that she surely was carrying was one. If I let go of the wall, then I will fall. And if I fall, I will get hurt. And those are very valid beliefs, right? In fact, I would expect her, if she went ice skating for the first time and didn't fall, that means something's wrong in my mind, right? right? So, <laughs> right. so so, these are very valid beliefs. But is it? are these beliefs 100% true? Well, no, because it's possible for her to let go of the wall and not fall. And it's also possible for her to fall and not get hurt. And so what I, you know, if I could go back in time, what I would have done better as a parent is I would have helped her to create experiments to push against these mental beliefs. Like what I wouldn't do is say, okay, I want you to skate across the ice as fast as you can to do a triple toe lutz. Like that's just setting her up for failure. But what I can do is I could say, hey, can you let go of the wall for five seconds? And let's see if you fall. Okay, if you didn't, let's do it for 10 seconds. Then if you don't fall, then let's let's now let go and lift up a foot, right? And we, we slowly build because we're slowly pushing against these assumptions. And it's over time, that's how we bust through these mental blocks, these mental beliefs, uh, is pushing against these assumptions. And, and here's the kicker on the, one of the kickers on the mindsets, right? But if somebody has a fixed mindset, they are naturally prone to never push against their assumptions because that's a learning zone challenge. Um, and so that's why that's one of the reasons why I think one, it's really beneficial to expose and identify these mental, uh, these limiting beliefs. But even more important, we've got to get to the mindsets that are driving these limiting beliefs. Because in this case with my daughter, ultimately what are driving these fears was a prevention mindset. And if I could help her to shift to be more of a promotion mindset, um, which would mean a shift from focus on how do I stay safe to how do I master learning how to ice skate, she's naturally beginning, going to become more willing to fall and might put herself you know, in danger of getting hurt. Because the reality is, is that there was a hundred kids on the ice that we're whipping around the ice in order for a kid to whip around the ice. They've got to recognize and be okay with the idea. I may get hurt, but I care more about having fun or about learning how to skate than I care about even my own well-being. And, and that's my, my daughter just hadn't gotten to that place yet. So um, do, do those examples oh, yeah. resonate yeah. with you with, with the regards to the connection between mindsets and limiting beliefs? Yeah, makes total sense. And I, I mean, it, it's it's in a way you could almost bring it down to a, a shift in priorities because you you know you sort of mentioned, yeah. okay, I I need to be more excited about the fun I'm gonna have than the fear of getting hurt, right? So like, if getting hurt is your number one priority or not getting hurt is your number one priority, then that's and 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 I'm sure that you know sort of falls into the that fixed mindset versus. Um, growth mindset it, it, in taking these concepts and applying them to like business leadership development pe people trying to grow their companies you know that kind of you know people people get in it's sort of like probably any business but but you know if we, if we say in real estate it's like it's not it's not that it it's easy to get started but once you get started you're like okay i made that step I'm doing something now, but then I think it's it's probably easy to to get almost to stall in that where you like find again you find a new comfort zone that was elevated over what you were at before, which was yep. not doing anything, but 
but now you're like, well, how do I really grow from there? So, so when people really want to take that step from, you know, not just I'm not an entrepreneur to being an entrepreneur, but being, you know, now I'm an entrepreneur, but I really want to shoot for the stars. How do we now take those principles and, and apply them in, in that, you know, sort of development space? Yeah. So there's, I'm going to point you as well as any listeners to another resource. There's a woman, her name is Whitney Johnson, and she's got several books that are related to this, but she, she talks a lot about, and has developed a framework in thinking around what's called learning growth curves. And the reality is, is that our development and our learning is never linear. It's not straight, you know, up to the right. Our learning and growth and development occurs in a series of stages of learning growth curves. And these are like, uh, kind of like S curves is the way that they're called, is at the bottom of this curve, it's flat. It's like a slog. It's slow moving. There's not a lot of growth. We have to put in a lot of effort. But then as we get going to your point is like, ah, things start clicking. We start going, we go up the curve, and now we're receiving the benefits of the learning and growth and development that occurred during that first flat stage. But then we get to a point where it's like, ah, this is easy. This comes second nature to me, and we level off again, right? So that's called an S-curve. And, and over the course of one's life, the, the reality is, is that we should be moving from one S-curve to another. But here's the, and keep going, but here's the scary proposition is to go from one S curve to another, we go from a place where we feel like we're a master, we're comfortable with this, to a place we have to drop down to, to, to a new place where we are now uncertain. This is new to us. Um, we aren't familiar with this territory. We, we drop down. To, to that new learning curve, but then we can accelerate up above any level that we were at previously if we only stick to that new learning curve. And so the biggest challenge, and this is what I see with, with the leaders and the people that I work with, is that many people have gotten to a place where they are successful, they are comfortable, and the prospect of jumping off of one learning curve to another learning curve is really scary, and it doesn't feel like when we just look at it from the short-term perspective, that's a drop down. And what we don't realize is that's the only way we will ever be able to elevate above, above where we're at. We've got to go through those. So I think that there's a mental uh, kind of psyche component to understanding this and setting the right expectations. Like for me to grow and develop, I have to jump from one learning curve to another. And that's not easy. And that's where I think Whitney Johnson's material is really fantastic in, in terms of unpacking what that looks like, what that feels like, and then how to do that most effectively. Okay, great. This is I. This is probably going to be every you know, sort of driven entrepreneur's question to that. Is there a way to shorten those learning growth curves? <laughs> a way to a way to speed up that process because I feel like that's the concept makes total sense, right? It's like if you you. You can reach that sort of peak, but if you want to go beyond that peak, you're going to have to, you know, sort of dig in again and, and whether that's a, obtain more skills, hire more people, whatever it is. But so what, what is your, do, or maybe you don't have recommendations. Maybe you think people shouldn't try to shorten those learning growth curves, but, but what's your take on that? Well, yeah. And to your point, it's like, you're going to have to do a certain amount of slogging. Right, right. But can we can we limit that slogging? So, and the answer is yes. And that's where we come back to mindsets, right? If somebody has a fixed mindset, that slog is going to be longer because they're they're going to be more focused on looking good than on learning and growing. Um, when we look at closed versus open mindsets, if I have a closed mindset, I'm going to be less inclined to get advice from others than if I have an open mindset. And so, and when I'm getting advice from others, that could speed up that process. If I have a prevention mindset where I'm more focused on avoiding problems than reaching goals, well, th that's also gonna slow down my, my slog. Um, the other one is an inward versus an outward mindset. 
if I have an inward mindset and that's, and we kind of have the attitude is I'm going to go this alone as opposed to I'm going to enlist the help and, and, and collaboration of others that will also slow us down. So, so that's why one of the reasons why focusing on our mindsets is so important is not only does it, when we have more of the positive mindsets, growth, open promotion and outward, not only are we going to be more willing to jump onto a new learning curve, the speed by which we ramp up on that learning curve is also going to increase. And what I, I think this is just a piece that most people have a difficult time getting in touch with is, again, well, what are the qualities of my, you know, what is the quality of my mindsets? Um, do I have the mindsets that will set me up for success on jumping into or ramping up on learning curves? Gotcha. I, you actually kind of, I guess, led into what my next question was going to be. And it, one of the my favorite books that I've read recently is Who Not How. And I think that that's been, I've, I've had, honestly, I thought, you know, sort of being a DIY person was a good quality. Um, and I've had, it's, it's gotten me, it's gotten me a fair bit of success in my life, just out of hard work and, and stuff like that. But like, I realized at a point now, and maybe that's along one of these learning growth curves, I, it was holding me back, right? Because I thought I had to do everything. And so it, it, now that's, so you're, you kind of mentioned that's, that's going to go into that inward and outward um, yep. mindset category. So, so I was inward in the sense thinking I had to do it all myself. And now I'm, I'm, it's still, you know, it's not a perfect transition, but I certainly am realizing the value of uh, having, you know, just, just building a team, having other people to, to collaborate with partnerships, that sort of thing. Um, So that's, that's certainly one of the, one of the levels. And I, I would imagine if you can combine, uh, you know, aspects of each of these different mindset categories on the positive side. Now that's going to be the key, right? To, to growth. I, I would, I would think. Um, maybe yeah, easier said it really done. unlocks, right? As we're making shifts, we're, we're getting rid of those mental uh, or those limiting beliefs, our mental blocks that are holding us back that allows our growth development and success to just come more fluidly, like with, with less friction um, and, and that's that's at least been my experience as I've been on my own uh, mindset development journey is um, as I've improved my mindsets, I feel like things have, have come more smoothly. I think, let me give you an example of, of this is a pretty stark example. Uh, Steve Ballmer, the former CEO of Microsoft is famous for saying, uh, being a competitor, my kids will never use an Apple product. Well, so he never he never collaborated with Apple. Well, Satya Nadella, when he comes in as CEO of Microsoft, one of the first things that he did at his first public address is he pulled an iPhone out of his pocket. And he essentially said, look, if we can collaborate with our competitors, we can expand our customer base. And so what did he do initially, right away? Is he, he partnered with Apple to make sure they could get Microsoft apps and products on Apple machines, computers, iPads, yep. iPhones, et cetera. And, and that among many other decisions that Satchadella has made just skyrocketed the success of Microsoft, right? So here's, here's somebody who is probably more inward in Steve Ballmer, somebody who's more outward, um, less competitive, more collaborative in Satchadella. And it was a game changer for, for Microsoft. So that's a maybe an extreme example there. But I mean, but it's perfect. It's, it's, I mean, it's a genius and obviously like it has worked, right? It's, it's yeah. like the, just, it's a, it's a perfect example to see the power of it. Right. Cause you, you would have thought, I mean, it wasn't like Microsoft was some small no-name company before that happened and, and now being able to have that collaboration just made them like just huge growth. So, uh, I think it's a, it's a fantastic example. Um, Ryan, I, I, I literally could talk about this stuff all day long, but I, I don't want, I don't want to keep you all day. I, I'm going to switch gears just to the part of the show where I get to ask you, um, 
the questions that I ask every guest. Um, and so the first one is based on the name of the show being Know Your Why. So I always like to ask each guest, what what is your why? What what drives you, um, you know, towards success? And uh, in in your case, you're actually you're guiding others towards success as well. So so what is what is your why? Well, I do want to answer that question. I don't know if you've read the article or not. Maybe you have. There's an article in HBR called From Purpose to Impact. And I'm I'm fascinated because their research has found that only 20% of executives have a clear they have a clear personalized purpose. Right? Only 20% of executives know their why. That's you know, and if I would think that executives would be the type of person who's the most inclined to have a why. So I think, you know, what you're after, I think is really meaningful. Uh, for me, my why is, is to, uh, there's a couple of, uh, that are interplaying. One is I'm on a mission to help people to elevate, to elevate as a person, elevate as a being. And that requires elevating as a, elevating their mindsets. Um, but, and so that's as a whole, in addition to that, I'm a, I'm a, I have a purpose of transforming the leadership and personal development space um, because I don't think that we have been talking about mindsets enough. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we need to talk more about those. So those are a couple of my whys. Yeah. Yeah. And just uh, kind of to piggyback on your comment about, you know, from from uh, purpose to impact, Last year, I guess it's just been a year now, um, I went to a real estate conference and what I, and I guess it's in line with having the name of the show that I have for my podcast, but um, one of the coolest things was the people that were on stage that had like billion dollar portfolios. They're very, very successful, wealthy real estate investors. And their talks were about they had reached this point of just being at impact. That's they didn't need more money, right? Like at some yeah. point you can't spend it anymore. So they their talks were entirely about where they got to with their impact. And that's what blew me away. And that's what I will always remember from that that conference was just kind of like this, this that's what I want, right? That's what <laughs> that's where I want to get. I want to get to the point where what I'm doing has impact on on, you know. I, I want to impact my family immediately, but, but ultimately like expanding that I think is, is such a huge, a huge goal and um, just so powerful to see other people doing it. Oh, sure. um, tell us something about yourself that uh, isn't common knowledge, special skill, a hobby, something to, to let people know you a little better. Oh man. Um, so I grew up in Utah and I like 15 minutes away for the where they did the downhill in the Olympics. So the skiing event downhill, but I've only been skiing twice in my life. Um, the last time was in fifth grade. Part of the reason I bring this up is I'm going, I'm working on my mindset and I'm going skiing for the first time since fifth grade uh, in just a couple of weeks. And I'm a little scared, but uh, <laughs> excited at the same time. Maybe this is a new learning curve for me. That's that's awesome. I, I, good luck. I'm sure it's going to go great. I, uh, I I told you before we started recording. I'm fr- I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. So, it's you know there's there's wind. It's not the same. It's not uh, people on the West Coast are going to be like that's not real snow and that's those aren't real mountains. That kind of thing. I get it. It is very different. But it was never something I was very good at. I went a bit when I was younger. Haven't been in in forever. I don't know how old I was last time. But I. <laughs> If I were to try it again, I would feel exactly that same way. Like, wait, I'm going to purposely shoot myself down this icy mountain. Like it's, yep. <laughs> but I, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's again, it's just, you know, sort of getting yourself um, outside of that comfort zone. So, so pretty cool. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out, um, I know you mentioned the, your website. Uh, I don't know if there's, there's anything else, but um, we'll certainly put that in the show notes. Yeah, website is great. And then probably the best place on social media, I'm most active on LinkedIn and would love to connect it with anybody there. Okay, perfect. We'll put that in there too. Final question for you. What piece of advice would you give to someone, and and this doesn't have to be real estate related, just someone who is trying to get started, looking to make that shift in their mindset, you know, so they maybe they realize maybe they took your assessment test and they've realized hey I, I'm 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 a fixed mindset and I don't want to be what 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 would be you know kind of my my first steps from there? 
Well, yeah, I'll even start even where you started is I think in order for us, one of my beliefs is if we want to scale up, we first need to level up. So I think starting with ourselves, starting with our mindsets is the place to be. Uh, I think my assessment can help people gain clarity about what to focus on. So I think that that's one of the huge benefits of having an assessment like that. And then it's, as we talked about earlier, is um, identify one mindset to focus on and master that. Become become the expert in that. Because, uh, again, I don't think we could become great at anything without first becoming an expert in it, uh, right? I, I play basketball like that's I don't I can't become great at playing basketball unless I um, become an expert in it. Uh, so I, I think the same thing for leadership, I think for investing, real estate, uh, right? So the the really, I think that's the first start is first step is one, develop the determination to level up ourselves, dive into mindsets, identify one and become the expert in it. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Um, this was, this was great. Like I said, I, I don't, I don't want to keep you all day, but I really, this is just fascinating stuff to me. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for, um, sharing all of this. Uh, we'll also have your, your, uh, books in the show notes too. So people can check those out, but, uh, but yeah, thank you so much for, for being here today, Ryan. I, I do appreciate it truly. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Thanks for creating space for me. And hopefully we'll continue to work together to help people level up. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Um, and folks listening, I know you're going to get a ton out of this episode. Please like rate and review so we can get, uh, expand our reach and get more great guests like Ryan. Thanks. Have a great day. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey without a strong why it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.